It's Wednesday, June 28th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians pull one out in the ninth inning last night. Uh, Will Brennan comes through with a two-run double, and uh, it looked like things were, were going to you know go south again as uh, Gavin Williams gave them seven strong scoreless innings. But it, it, it turned out that uh, you know Will Brennan came through in his hometown and uh, the Guardians sort of snatched victory from the jaws of defeat there. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> there wasn't much going on for the first seven innings, Joe. And then uh, kind of, <laughs> you know, everything went haywire, kind of got si- sideways in those last two innings. Uh, but uh, Williams, just a great performance. Uh, you know, like you said, seven innings. Uh, he only allowed uh, one hit, three base runners, you know, a walk and a, and a hit batsman, 57 fastballs, 18 sliders, 17 curveballs, uh, just a dominant. He uh, retired the last 13 uh, Royals that he faced. Uh, just uh, really an impressive performance. You know, you, you were kind of, you were impressed, you know, with his first start to where he bounced back from, you know, giving up uh, three runs in, against the A's in that one inning and then kind of shut it down. But this was uh, this was this was on a different level. He really pitched well. Uh, fastballs and sliders, and and really fastball command, and this is what sort of is the the separator here at the the major league level. Can uh can a guy who throws the way that, that Gavin Williams does? He comes out and you know the profile is you know sort of the the comparisons, the lofty comparisons to to Garrett Cole. Uh, can he maintain this this sort of uh, performance that he had last night with with the kind of fastball command that he had? Uh, if that's the case, then you know we're looking at you know really good things for this kid in the future. Yeah, I mean he uh, he uh, you know topped out at ninety seven point seven ninety eight miles an hour average fastball was ninety six uh, and look at this efficiency, Joe. Uh, this is his pitch uh, count for each inning: thirteen, eleven. 21, 13, 13, 12, and 9. So, you know, he threw 92 pitches, but, uh, you know, he was really strong, and I think he could have kept going because he really wasn't, you know, pressed that much. Those weren't uh, strenuous situations that he had to pitch out of. Uh, one of the things that uh, sort of the headline that, you know, might get buried before this, uh, it, it, the start of the game here, uh, the Guardians were were playing without manager Terry Francona in the dugout. Uh, it was sort of a surprise right before uh, first pitch. Uh, Tito was taken to the hospital in Kansas City. Uh, he's undergoing tests. He was held there overnight and was still there for observation. Uh, when they said out of an abundance of precaution, obviously with Terry Francona's history of health issues, Anytime, uh, you know, something like this happens, you're sort of uh, very sensitive to, to you know, what's going on with Tito and, and how much time could he miss and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, how, how how unusual was the situation when you found out that, that Tito wasn't going to be in the dugout last night uh, for the game? Yeah, it was a surprise, Joe, because, you know, we had met with uh, Tito right before, you know, the game, the usual, you know, pregame press, press meeting. Uh, and, and he was in a great mood. He was, he had everybody laughing. He was telling stories, you know, just, uh, you know, he told the, uh, the Will, uh, the Will Brennan story when Brennan was a kid and asked him for his autograph when he was managing, uh, 
uh, the uh, the um, the Red Sox, and then he asked uh, Frank Kona to uh, go get Pedroia's autograph for him, and Frank Kona told Brennan to take a hike. You know that was busting up all the KC writers, but he was in a great mood, and you know so you go back upstairs and you're writing your you know your early stuff, and uh, Bart Swain, you know just uh, just before game time sends out a. You know, a text said Tito's in the ho- you know, headed to the hospital. He wasn't feeling well, and uh, Demarlo Hale is, you know, is the acting manager. So, uh, you know, that was a shock, especially, you know, Joe, you hit you hit the nail on the head when he's had a history of health problems. But last year, you know, he went, you know, he was in the dugout the whole season. Uh, really, you know, he looked healthy, felt healthy, and so this kind of really came out of the blue. I don't know if he hadn't been feeling well, but. You know, we got no indication. We had no indication that there was anything, you know, prior to this. And and we still have no indication as to what the nature of the uh, um, the the problem was. Uh, you know, we go back to 2017. He had the the cardiac ablation uh, procedure uh, in 2021. Uh, there was uh, the the issues were related to the blood clots that that he he had suffered the clotting issue. Um, after that, uh, and, you know, he's had other, other issues in other areas, uh, physically that, uh, you know, that don't need to be described in great detail, but any of that could be something serious. Uh, so you're hoping that it's something that's, that's not serious, but when they're saying that they're going to observe you out of, out of an abundance of precaution, that's, you know, you got to take note with that. Uh, we, we watched that Terry Francona documentary that, uh, MLB network put on, uh, earlier in the season. And, you know, the, the one thing that jumped out at us from watching that documentary was before he got to Cleveland, just how how many and how varied the the health issues and the concerns were. And it goes all the way back to, you know, his post-playing career when, you know, the knee surgeries were were a thing. But, you know, after his playing career, he he was having, you know, sorts of dizzy spells and things like that. Uh, when he was an assistant in Oakland and before he went to uh, uh, manage in the minors and, and, and that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, you got sort of it opened your eyes to just how many health issues he's had and how long this has been a, uh, a concern and and how really thankful you are that that he's been able to be in the dugout for as long as he has and, and been able to, to manage and, and get through all of that. Uh, since 2013, uh, you know, the, the, the winningest manager in, in Cleveland franchise history and, uh, you know, don't take for granted what he's had to get through to, to sort of reach that level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he's had to go through a lot and, uh, you know, in 2020, the COVID year, 2021, you know, he missed huge chunks of the season. You know, Sandy Alomar took over in 2020. To Milo Hale in uh, 2021, uh, when he had, you know, when he was dealing with the hip and the uh, staph infection in his toe, and you know, there's, there's just a laundry list of things that have, you know, Tito has had to deal with, and uh, you know, the fact that he's still managing, that he's still kind of upright, is is amazing, and and we're all thankful for it. Uh, you know, he's done. Uh, he, you know, he. <laughs> this is. Uh, you know, I we just have to see what what what's going on now, and you know we know he's in the best of care, you know, so that that's a good thing, and we'll have to see where where today leads us. I mean, even beyond the the heart issues and the the clotting, and and those are those are very serious issues. 
you know, beyond all that, just to to be able to to walk back and forth from the mound to the to the dugout, you know, he's he's got concrete or cement in his in his toe uh, with the with the pins that they put in with the foot surgery, and he's had hip replacements and knee surgeries, and, and you know, the the line from Star Wars stands out where they talk about Darth Vader. He's more machine than man now. He's he's got more artificial parts than he does uh, uh, human parts in him. Uh, but just uh, this is this is something different when when they tell you that, that he's in the hospital, uh, you, you get concerned about it. So, uh, you know, thinking about him, hopefully we get an update here. Uh, if not before we're done recording, then uh, it's sometime before game time and we'll have uh, a chance to shoot it out to our subtext subscribers. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, jump on and join subtext. Uh, it's a subscription texting service where you talk back and forth with myself and Hoinsey, uh, get all the, the latest information and updates on the Guardians. Uh, 216-208-4346 is the number to send a text to to subscribe for $3.99 a month. Uh, and you can log on to cleveland.com slash subtext if you want to sign up there. Uh, Hoinsey, it was, it was the, uh, like we said, the, the homecoming, the big show for, uh, for Will Brennan couple of hits, but none bigger than the one uh, in the ninth inning that, that drove in two runs. Uh, this is a kid who went to K-State uh, and it was, uh, you know, he said he's got, he's got a, a small family, but there was a big crowd in that ballpark for him, uh, rooting him on yesterday. And it had to be really nice for him uh, afterwards to, to have uh, experienced, uh, you know, getting the game-winning hit for his team. Uh, in that situation. Yeah, we were talking to him before the game, Joe, and he said, you know, he played a couple games at Kauffman Stadium uh, when he was in high school, and he always dreamed of being here, you know, in a big league uniform, playing in a big league game. And uh, last night was the uh, kind of culmination of that dream. Just, you know, he said you couldn't writ- you could have you couldn't have written it up any better that, you know, you come up in the ninth inning and you're you know, you're a hometown, you're, you're the t- the place where you were raised and you get the game winning hit with your family and friends in the stands. And uh, they were all, he said they were all cheering, uh, uh, shouting his nickname, a childhood nickname that, uh, that he had. And uh, he, but he wouldn't tell us what the nickname was. So we're going to have to do some investigative oh. reporting and find out what that nickname is. That's, <laughs> you're going to have to find out because right now we know him as Chill Will. Uh, it must be a real good one if uh, if Chill Will won't let anybody find out what the nickname is because uh, that's uh, have you seen the T-shirts that that are out there with the uh, now I'm not talking about the ones that Miles Straw got printed uh, that that just have the outline of his face they've got uh, I think it's GV Artwork uh, has a, a Chill Will uh, T-shirt that they're they're uh, selling now that looks like a looks like the Slurpee logo. Yeah, yeah, uh, I saw that. It's, it's really cool. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's that's pretty good it, for a guy like Brennan, who's as as likable a guy as as you're gonna meet. Uh, to have his face on a T-shirt like that, it's like it's sort of like the uh, the Stephen Kwan T-shirts. It's like good, good, uh, good for you as a as a rookie. You got your uh, your name and your face on a T-shirt like that, and uh, you know, good things uh, ahead for for him. Uh, that that happened in the ninth inning, and and you know, great for uh, for Will Brennan. But, uh, you know, before that, we had the bottom of the eighth inning and the bottom of the eighth inning got a little crazy uh, on multiple levels. And Bo Naylor was in the middle of it, uh, you know, at, at different points. Uh, the Royals scored their run on on a play uh, 
where it was a ground ball back to Trevor Steffen. And you thought for a second that they had the runner at third base hung up and that they were going to, you know, get him out. It was a, it was going to be a, a great result for the Guardians. Uh, but Trevor Steffen went and did something that I can only, I've only ever seen in a uh, 14U baseball game. Uh, it, it, when he had the runner hung up at in between third and home, uh, he threw it about 25 feet <laughs> over the head of Bo Naylor at the plate. But the the thing is, the the ricochet off the backstop, they they could have had uh, the runner out at home plate if if Stefan had covered the ba- uh, covered the plate. Yeah, you know, Stefan kind of kind of got a br- late uh, break to the plate, but uh, you know, Naylor had the ball, and I think. They, they still could have had a play by, you know, at, at that time. But Naylor said when the ball went by him, you know, he just figured, you know, uh, Blanco, uh, the, the the pinch runner, had already uh, just about scored because he had picked him up in his peripheral vision, you know, running on contact. And uh, but he didn't know he stopped. So, you know, he turned and fired to a first base to try to because Nicky Lopez, who had hit the ball back to uh, Stefan, uh, you know, had uh, take, took had taken a big turn at first, but he he got back to uh, first. But yeah, it was just a crazy play, and you know, unfortunate because you know Trevor Stephan could have gotten out of that inning without without any damage, or at least mm-hmm. you know they get the second out there by hanging hanging a blanco behind <clears throat> between first uh, second I mean third and home. Uh, and and Naylor had made pretty much the uh, the play of the game. Uh, on a stolen base attempt there. Uh, I don't know. Was it, was it Lopez who was stealing? Yeah. Lopez, you know, uh, uh, Freddie, uh, for was up the number nine hitter. Lopez was on first base and <clears throat> Joe, when was the last time you saw anybody call a pitch out? I mean, I haven't yeah. seen a, I haven't seen a pitch out. I mean, in, in two or three years, I, I can't remember the last time, but the, the pitch out was called and a nailer steps out. <laughs> but I think, uh, Either Stefan missed the missed the sign, or just made another bad throw. But his throw went cut back over the plate. Uh, you know, uh, Bo Naylor, great, uh, you know, great display of athleticism. Had to reach back, you know, make the catch. You know, the momentum of the catch spun him around. Then he throws the second base and gets uh, gets Lopez out for the for the second out of the inning. He didn't just get Lopez out. He threw him out by plenty. I mean, it was the the ball was there, and uh, 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 Ahmed Rosario had to reach back to tag out uh, Lopez. I, I mean, it was it was a really strong throw, and showed great athleticism for Naylor to to sort of reach out and make the catch in the first place. But to put that throw where he did after go doing a complete three sixty. Uh, was was remarkable, and you know, it was a play that uh, everybody was talking about this morning. Uh, everybody was tweeting about after the game, uh, and all it really does is reinforce the idea that uh, you know this kid was ready to come up in probably in early May. Uh, you know, any sort of oh he needs to work on blocking or throwing or any defensive concerns or handling a pitching staff or anything like that. It was was all just a smokescreen, and we know that it was a smokescreen. And, you know, Cleveland can't admit that that's what the case was uh, but because you opened yourself up to a Chris Bryant situation. But you're manipulating his service time. You're keeping him down as long as you can. Uh, and, and the other thing that factored in was, uh, you know, the $6 million contract that you didn't want to eat from Mike Zanino. So 
you know, that kind of play right there does nothing but reinforce the idea that uh, they were manipulating Bo Naylor's service time and it had nothing to do with his defense or any concerns that they had. Yeah, we're starting to see just, uh, you know, why they why he's a number one pick and uh, what people have been saying about him. You know, that that's a play you won't see. You may, maybe you see that once every five years. I don't even, I don't think I've ever seen a, a catcher do that. Uh, but that was just a great play. And you, you're starting to see his talent, Joe, behind the plate. He threw two out of what he was two for three throwing runners out. He threw Lopez out twice, got mm-hmm. him in the third inning as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, two for three throwing runners out. And it, I, I think he's going to start hitting here pretty soon. But right now, if he's going to catch like this, you know, this is that I think uh, can, the Guardians are just uh, would be more than more than satisfied. Can something like that, can a night like that where he makes a couple of plays defensively and, uh, you know, gets his head right and gets him settled in, can that translate to maybe him relaxing a little more at the plate and, uh, you know, and then we'll see the, uh, you know, I, I could see him with a couple of hits tonight if if that's the case, if he's in the lineup, because, uh, you know, you can tell that he's sort of in his own head right now at the plate. But, you know, if both sides are, are sort of, uh, you know, evened out, maybe then uh, maybe then he's a little more relaxed next time he steps up there. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And uh, he just looks really comfortable behind the plate right now, Joe. He just uh, he's just doing all the right things. He's uh, you know, he called the you know, he. He, him and, uh, uh, you know, Williams really worked well together. And then, uh, you know, he catches Class A. Class A, the pitching machine, comes on and gets another save in the ninth, Joe. How about that? Uh, we're not even talking about Class A. Come on. When, when <laughs> this guy's so automatic, we're we're just fine. Now, now it, of course, in typic, typical Guardians fashion, I'm sure you're sitting there writing your game story, uh, trying to get things all squared away as he's going for his save. And Andres Jimenez goes and boots a ball, uh, you know, hit the hit the lip of the grass and, and gets over his glove. And you've got an error and, and the, the tying run is on base at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, just like the Guardians to make us sweat it out. And uh, I'm sitting here going, boy, Hoynes, he's having to write uh, dual game <laughs> stories again for uh, for the uh, the buzzer there. But, uh, you know, everything worked out uh, again. Class A, he's going to be an all-star. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, if if anybody joins him, it's a huge bonus for the the, the Guardians. But uh, right now, he's your number one for sure lock that, that he'll be on that team. Uh, and the Guardians find themselves when they wake up this morning a half game out behind the Twins. Uh, the Twins lose uh, again yesterday, and uh, they've got a little bit more of a difficult schedule over, you know, the next several games, the next week to 10 days uh, than the Guardians do. Uh, and this could be a, the, the, the moment if they go and seize it where they they sort of take the, the lead and, and, and go past the Twins in the AL Central. Yeah, Joe, you know, everybody's headed to steaming toward the All-Star break. Uh, and uh, I think on July 9th is the, the break. The break, you know, that's the last game before, before the break. Uh, at, um the uh, Twins have one against uh, one left against Atlanta today. Then they go three against Baltimore, three against KC, and three more against Baltimore. So that's uh, you know the Orioles are playing great baseball. Uh, so that's going to be a tough goal for them. Uh, on the other hand, Cleveland has uh, six versus uh, KC, including the last two in this series. Three versus the Cubs, and then three against a, a really really good Atlanta team when they return home after this trip. 
Yeah, I just think the the Twins will will find it a little more difficult uh, with the home and home against Baltimore uh, than than the Guardians against KC. Hopefully, over those the next several games. Uh, but uh, you never know that they, they've got to get uh, they've got to win the games not just on paper. Uh, they've got Logan Allen going tonight, uh, so you know you're sending out uh, rookies again uh, like you did, and and uh, I, I guess. Uh, Logan Allen, Bonehiller behind the plate. Uh, obviously, the, the he's catching the three rookies when they come through in their spots in the rotation, so that's uh, good. And, and speaking of the rotation, we find out that uh, Cal Quantrill will pitch on Friday in ball in uh, in Chicago, uh, meaning at least this one time through, uh, the Guardians are going to have a six-man starting pitcher uh, rotation uh, before a move probably has to be made sometime next week. Yeah, Joe, they're going to have to make a move one one way or the other to get Quantrill back on the, uh, you know, the 26 man uh, to activate him. Uh, so the, I, I would imagine a position player has got to go, you know, on Friday, uh, get optioned. And um, then, uh, you know, then, yeah, when uh, if they depending how long they stick with this six man rotation and it doesn't sound it sounds like it's only going to be one turn like like you said because uh I don't think uh, uh Francona wants to go that much too too long with what only seven relievers so uh, you know we'll we'll see you know where how this rotation shakes out after this next turn yeah I don't know that um that a position player has to go if or if they they have to keep 13 and 13 don't they it has to be uh 13 pitchers so you know somebody from the bullpen might have to go which is not less than ideal uh if, if that's the case but um yeah yeah that's and, true too and and we had talked about uh Gabriel Arias and and his uh you know spot and and uh you know where where he fits into all of this uh last night in the ninth inning he makes a really nice play on a throw in the dirt that really saved Emmanuel Classe uh and he was at first base as a defensive replacement uh, late in the game, and he makes a nice pick. And and the the broadcast crew, Rick Manning, Matt Underwood, Andre Knott, uh, talking about his his defensive skills and you know what they like about him and where they like him playing. And uh, Manning goes on and says something to the effect of, you know, this kid should have a chance to play at shortstop a little more, and you know, two or three times a week he should be out there playing shortstop. And then the broadcast goes silent. Uh, for a good 30, 35 second stretch, uh, they just it was it was pretty much just hanging in the air right there. Uh, yeah, uh, Gabriel Arias should be uh, a you know a shortstop for these guys and get a chance to play. Uh, I, I just it's been a while since I've seen uh, all three of them just com- fall completely silent. Uh, I, I picture them just staring at each other in the booth and on the field and with their hands up, you know, shrugging like the the meme of that guy from. Uh, uh, the last dance with Michael Jordan, uh, you know, sort of like, yeah, you guys, it's pretty obvious uh, <laughs> that uh, Gabriel Arias should be getting that shot. But uh, we'll see if, if there's any fallout or any uh, any response to that uh, on tonight's game. Yeah, I mean, they eventually, I mean, either Arias has to start hitting or they've got to, you know, they've got to find a place for him to play every day. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, if it's in if it's here, Joe, in the big leagues or it's at at triple A. But, you know, this 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 guy isn't they're not helping this guy right now. No, no. And the best way to maybe get him every day at bats uh, right now, if you're not going to send him down, is to move Brennan to center field. 
bring straw off the bench late in games and, and play Arias in, in right field if, if that's what you want to do. But uh, it, it doesn't look like they're willing to do that yet, uh, at least. And, and who knows, maybe maybe you do bring uh, Oscar Gonzalez up and you platoon whoever uh, in, in right field if, if that's the case. But uh, so Gabriel Arias has to get himself straightened out at the plate, and the only way he's going to do that is by getting at-bats. Yeah, uh, and and that's that's got to happen soon. Definitely, All right, Joe. All right, Hoinsey. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, interesting news uh, going to be coming out of the ballpark once you get there this afternoon. Uh, we we wait to hear about Tito, and uh, we'll wait to uh, learn what the Guardians are going to do against Kansas City tonight. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow uh, and and wrap that all up on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll uh, we'll hook up with you then. All right, Joe.